It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. Welcome aboard, passengers. The ship has sailed. I'm your captain. I'm Adam Ritz, and uh, first mate is Jay Baker. Hi, I, Jay. I like that a lot. <laughs> I'm thinking about getting a life vest, so now I have a reason to. <laughs> this is uh, maybe the most fun public affairs show in the country, and uh, we've got a lot happening today with uh, a conversation about uh, blood donorship. And yeah, January is officially Blood Donor Month, and you know sometimes you think, well, that's an interesting topic, but I think you're going to enjoy some of the facts about giving blood specifically during the month of January. I did not know that January was uh, Blood Giving Month awareness. Yes, and you want to give blood um, in a volunteer basis, not a non-volunteer basis. Yes, that is very important. (laughs) It is. And uh, we'll cover that topic in uh, a few minutes, but first we want to welcome you uh, to the show. We are uh, brought to you today by Vibonomics, our good friends at Vibonomics. It's Vibonomics.com, audio software company, uh, producing audio experiences across the country in brick and mortar and retail spaces. So when you walk in a store, you hear some music, you hear some voiceover messaging. That's probably Vibonomics you're hearing, and you can learn more at vibonomics.com. Uh, before we get to the blood awareness, blood donation awareness, again, voluntary, that's a, that's a key factor that's here. That's a key factor. Uh, I had a chance to speak with uh, Ryan Deem. He's an old uh, friend of the show. We've had him on before to talk about pediatric cancer. He's a former... NFL Super Bowl champion, and he has uh, done tons of work during his playing days with pediatric pediatric cancer awareness. And uh, since his retirement in 2012, uh, he's continued that. He's a spokesperson and host of a bowling event, a charity event, coming up this Saturday, January 26th at Woodland Bowl. Uh, we'll talk to Ryan in just a second about this uh, charity event. Now, you remember Ryan Diem on his playing days on the field, Well, right? absolutely, and I was pleased to meet him right before you guys adjourned to the studio. And uh, six foot eight and amazingly fit, and when you stand next to him, you realize if you ever thought that, oh, I, maybe I could play in the NFL, that is quickly dissuaded by the fact that this guy is a man mountain, he's fit, and he probably could put you in a hospital. I mean, it's he's pretty. It's pretty amazing. He's Do you a, not agree that he's he is a man mountain? He, he is. is a mountain. He's a mountain of man. It's just absolutely incredible. So yeah, you really have to enjoy the physicality of NFL players, and then with a player like Ryan Deem, he has such a great name in the community. Obviously, everybody remembers him from that great Super Bowl-winning Colts team. But that's a player that's played for the Colts. He played for over six seasons and never missed a game. That's pretty impressive. And he played both guard and tackle. So Six uh, foot eight, uh, giant man, offensive line in the NFL. And since his playing days have ended, I'll give him a shout-out and hats off for his his fitness, his health, he has uh, trimmed down. I mean, he, if you saw him, you'd think he played in the NBA, not the NFL. A lot of these linemen have health problems when they quit. Their calorie intake doesn't stop. Their physical activity does. They gain weight, and it's um, it's fatal. I mean, ESPN yes. 30 for 30 has done stories on 
former NFL players that uh, their their joints can't take the weight, their heart can't take the weight. Uh, we always like to see uh, former NFL linemen who have gone the other way with their health to promote health as well. So if you see Ryan Deem around town, uh, maybe he'll inspire you to get a little more healthy as well. Uh, so we want to feature that conversation with Mr. Ryan Deem, former Super Bowl champion supporting pediatric cancer. Our guest in studio is Ryan Deem. Hey, Ryan, how are you? Doing great, man. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you back. We've had you on the show before. You are a former NFLer, played with the Indianapolis Colts. You have a Super Bowl under your belt, and in your post-playing days, you have become an advocate for pediatric cancer. And we love to, we just love to support that and support you. And I shouldn't say that you did that after you. You played. Yeah, you it actually got involved with that yeah, right. when you played. You got sure. involved with it. So I guess let's start at that at that stage of your life when you're a, a young player. How did you get involved with caring about pediatric cancer? Uh, it really all started about 15 years ago, and thankfully it wasn't a direct connection because obviously it's an awful disease. You hate to see kids fighting this fight, um, but it's real and it's out there and it happens. And I was invited back in 2005 to the first Alley and Friends Golf Classic. And at that point, I'm just a young kid out of school. I got no idea what's going on. I'm, I'm barely married, no kids. And boy, was that just kind of an eye-opening experience. Uh, fantastic event. Loved it. Loved the people that put it on um, and, and wanted to get involved because I had no idea how underfunded pediatric cancer research is, uh, was, and still is. And um, it just seemed like there was that was something that Julie, my wife, and I could get behind. And really, at the time, Coach Dungey had just got to town, and he was such a big advocate for getting involved in the community. Um, and whatever it was, whatever the cause that you chose, use that NFL platform for good. And we did. We, we decided to get behind this event. And we grew it, and over the past you know, 14 years, this thing uh, turned into its own entity. It actually turned into its own foundation. So um, we were doing the golf outing. We've done tailgate parties. Now we're doing this bowling event, and it's going to be a, a blast. So the bowling event uh, is uh, the second annual Strike Out Cancer, which is a great title. I love the logo, too, on the website if you want to check out strikeoutcancerindy.com. Correct, yeah. uh, And that's coming up on January 26th at Woodland Bowl. Tell us about the event. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. Last year, we kind of this idea was born about 18 months ago, and so we scrambled uh, for that first one. But we pulled it together, and it was it was a smash hit. It was a success. We raised, uh, I think it was actually $78,000 net. This is after expenses for uh, pediatric cancer research at Peyton Manning Children's Hospital. So the first event goes well. We're, we're feeling pretty good about ourselves. We say, let's go for 100. So that's what our, our goal this year is to raise $100,000 in one night. Uh, we are well on our way. We've got great support from a lot of our, uh, our big sponsors, Northwestern Mutual, Lucas Oil, Clear Object, um, several different local businesses, Raise Trash, you know, just great, great companies here in Indy that want to get behind this and support the kids at Peyton Manning Children's Hospital. So you mentioned the first one was kind of thrown together. Not thrown together, but was it yeah, the, it, the day before you said, "Hey, let's go bowling tomorrow." And you made <laughs> yeah. 78 grand. And I made yeah, 300 <laughs> people just showed up when I snapped my fingers. Yeah. Um, no, like, it, how it, much effort or lots, lots. So but it wasn't that haphazard. No, it was not thrown together, but it was a scramble. Uh, thankfully, our friends at Northwestern Mutual not only were they our, our lead title sponsor, and they are again this year, 
they are supporting us with manpower and our committee consists of me and my wife and four folks from Northwestern and they they bring it they have connections they have sponsors they have things we can put in our raffle so it's like it was almost turnkey it to to from my perspective you know I've built events from the ground up where I had to do everything and it was really hard <laughs> yeah so the fact that they were willing to help and uh, really step up in a major way monetarily and with some manpower it's it's been a, a really good fit how much everybody. more uh, I guess I hate to say effort because I'm not I'm not implying there wasn't effort the first time but how much more involved has this second go around? been compared to that first one last year? Well, you know, I think it was such a good event. Uh, People really enjoyed it. It wasn't too hard to get people back interested again. Uh, So a lot of repeat um, sponsors and and clients, if you will, or or guests. but we certainly poured a lot into um, just growing it, getting it, you know, getting some notori- notoriety out there, and getting the word spread. And uh, it's showing. We're, we're we're getting some great traction. And two weeks from, or about a week from the event now, we're we're about full. It's uh, Strikeout Cancer at Woodland Bowl, January 26th. Ryan Deem is our guest. He's the uh, spokesmodel for the event. <laughs> uh, model. I like you're the, the yeah. uh, spokesmodel and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, as a former NFLer, um, when you guys have your your platforms, as you say, and you're in the locker room back when you played, every other player also has some sort of foundation or some charity uh, effort that they're connected to. Um, you know, as a fan of the NFL, you watch the games on Sunday. You don't really think, okay, what goes what goes on during the week? With how much effort do these guys put into their 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 platforms and mm-hmm. their foundation work? How how much you know during a a typical week? When you played, how much time, thought, effort was put into the uh, Alley and Friends and pediatric cancer within the Ryan Deem brand, if you will? Sure. I mean, it's always on your mind, obviously. During the season, much harder to you know, physically take time out to do it. But you're thinking about it and you're planning about it, and um, you know. Thankfully, we most guys who are in this position have people that are there to help them, uh, whether they're volunteers or you know, depending on how big their foundation is that they work with, maybe employees. But um, you know, there's always brainstorming going on. And um, the the really neat thing about the locker room um, atmosphere is that we are all there for each other all the time at their events you know, on field, off the field, whatever. And so it was really cool that we kind of had built-in support and, you know, quite honestly, it it didn't hurt to have built-in celebrity guests at your event because you would go to theirs, they'd come to yours. It was a nice little trade-off and agreement that, you know, hey, I'm here to support you regardless uh, of what your cause is. And so we had a lot of, of, um, you know, that helped grow the events, a lot of attention brought because you got a group of NFL guys in one room, so a lot of people want to come hang out. Yeah, that's interesting that um, another player's platform or charity event, they can count on Ryan to go and help sure. promote it and help it, and you can count on them to come to yours. Sure. And now but, in the days of social media, like that's amplified a million times over. Yeah. I mean, it used to be you just show up and you're there. Now the reach of social media is incredible, and you know these players these days they've got you know million followers. It, yeah. It's it's insane. So I kind of wish we had that back in the day when I was playing. Did you ever know about uh, an opposing team's players' foundation and like a guy on the Baltimore Ravens? 
you block him just a little lighter. You don't hurt him because you really <laughs> like his because he's, he's into pediatric cancer too. Right. He's helping the kids too. I'm not going to hit this guy that hard. You know, I never did that. But <laughs> <laughs> I, sorry, I wasn't going to pull back. I, I, we're on the field between the whistles. It's game time, man. Yeah, I don't care what you do. I, I, I'm glad you're a good guy, yeah. but I'm coming for you. I have a curious question. Uh, you may not know the answer to this statistic-wise or if there's a number, but, I, I mean, when was the last time you played a game professionally? Uh, January 1st, 2012. It so, was the last game of the 2011 season. So seven years out, um, how many NFL guys that have a platform or a charity foundation they're connected to when they played are still doing it seven years later, 10 years later, 20 years later? And I know right. a, a lot, and most do. Uh, but I, I don't know how many. Is, yeah. is there, no, do you think I, there's I, a number there? I don't know any numbers or stats on that. But, you know, I mean, things happen. Life goes on. Some guys, you know, guys that only got a couple years in, this this isn't money they're going to live off of forever. So they've started a new career, and they're probably engaged in that. I was fortunate to get a lot of time with the Colts, and, um, you know, they probably overpaid me. But <laughs> it's allowed me to to be a little flexible in my schedule and, and focus on some philanthropic stuff. So yeah, I'm just grateful to have that opportunity and, and happy to be able to still do it. I uh, love uh, what you do with the kids. And uh, do you uh, have, uh, I'm sure you do, I shouldn't say do you have, uh, can you share with me one success story um, of a family, uh, whether it was with Allie and Friends or Peyton Manning Children's Hospital, a success story of a family dealing with pediatric, yeah. pediatric oh, cancer. That, uh, there are tons of them, tons of them. Th- that has touched you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a young lady who helped us a lot at our golf outings. Um, she is fantastic. She's about uh, 15 or 16 now. was diagnosed with neuroblastoma, um, young, and fought it. Fought it off. It's it's an awful. Any pediatric cancer is awful, especially neuroblastoma. It's it, it's not very well known, but it's actually the most common form of infant cancer. So, you know, it's about 600 cases a year. But it, but unfortunately, by the time it's discovered, it's usually pretty advanced. So, um, the things that these kids go through with treatment too is it's almost worse than the disease sometimes because. The drugs that they have to use are drugs that were made for adults. And so, of course, they try to scale it down and right-size it, but the effects that these drugs have on kids that are still developing is lifetime. Uh, It it does not go away. If you lose your hearing because of uh, a medicine that you were on to fight your cancer, it's great you, you... you won the war, but you lost that battle. You, you know, your eyesight, your can't, your your hearing, whatever. These things all get affected. Uh, their growth is stunted sometimes. They're, you know, there's developmental things that get delayed or don't happen, and that's really hard to see because you know these kids, they didn't ask for this. They they never asked to to fight mm-hmm. that fight, and here they are, and and they've achieved it and overcome it, and and they've got these great success stories, but yet they live on with um, you know kind of some of the the side effects of these medications. And so I'm sorry, where I was going with that is this girl, Carly. Yeah. She's awesome. She's teenager doing great, thriving high school student. Um, and at our golf outing, it's neat. Cause every year she comes and hangs out and not only does she come to hang out, she comes to raise money. So she's there, she's, she's working on the course, she's volunteering, she's helping raise funds. And she starts off the whole event. We set her up on the uh, driving range where all the carts are parked around and everyone can see. And she hits the ceremonial first ball. So oh, it's that's really great. Neat. Yeah. It's really cool. And she smacks it every time. 
That is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, is there a way for our listeners uh, post event? A lot of our listeners across the country may not be able to come to this event, uh, but want to help. Is there? Another website that they can go to keep the donations coming? Yeah, I believe uh, we'll keep it open for quite some time after the event. But if you go to Strikeout Indie, uh, I'm sorry, strikeoutcancerindie.com, there is a link within there to donate. And that donation will happen directly through Peyton Manning Children's Hospital. Uh, So there's no middlemen, there's no fees, there's no, it's all going right to where it should. And that's how we run our events. They're all volunteer driven, everything's going right to the hospital. Ryan Deem is our guest, former NFL player, and you're a father. You uh, have two sons? I have two sons and a daughter. And a daughter now. Yeah. And how do your kids, how are they affected by knowing that their dad is this involved in philanthropy? You know, I think they're young still. They're they're eight, six, and six. So it's something that they've kind of grown up with. So I don't know if they know any different. They think every dad does this. I guess, maybe. <laughs> they, well, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's neat to have them involved. They they always look forward to the events. Um, you know, hey, when are we going back to the golf outing? And it's mostly because my daughter likes to grab the microphone and, and sing in front of everybody here. You know, <laughs> be silly. And my boys like to grab the golf clubs and go hit balls in the driving range. But I, it's just nice to have them around and, and see that and kind of understand that, you know, there's more to life than just you know, making money and spending money. Like, let's let's go raise some money for a good cause. What's been your your best uh, as a dad? We like to promote fatherhood on the show too. So, what, what's your uh, advice to our uh, young fathers listening out there? Because you're you're a you're a pro now. You're a pro dad. Yeah. Uh, and you've you've I'm sure you've worked with Co- Coach Dungey yes. and all pro dads. So Absolutely. let's have some fatherhood advice for our young fathers out there from from Ryan Dean. What would you say? Just just be involved. Um, be there. You know, I, I think. Sometimes that, you know, we get caught up in our phones or technology and shows and Netflix and all that. And just just try to unplug uh, as much as you can and get outside, get get in nature, <laughs> do something together that, um, you know, your kid might not have done without you being there to, to guide them along. Right. Like get out in the woods, go for a hike, do, do something memorable like that versus, you know, just sitting on the TV watching SpongeBob together. <laughs> it's it's yeah. just be involved. The, the All Pro Dad platform is amazing. I subscribe to it. I, I get their daily emails and I read them every day. Like, I'm, I guess you could say I'm a semi-experienced dad having three kids, but uh, there's always something new to learn from and, and just a reminder to, to just be active and be involved. Are you uh, active on social media? Anything uh, we can hit up right now for our listeners to get sure. in touch with you? Yeah, always. Uh, Twitter, at Ryan Deem. Instagram, Ryan Deem 71 uh, Yes, I, I, I'm active. I, I'm trying to kind of build that up a little bit and just uh, stay out there a little bit. All right. Search Ryan Deem online. It's D-I-E-M. That's correct. Uh, do you get mad and want to punch people in the face when they say diem or diem <laughs> or mispronounce your name? Denim. Denim. I've got you get before. denim a lot. Yeah. Denim, DM, it's carpe DM. I, I, I get yeah. that. But yeah, it gets mixed up. I'm, oh, I'm, hey, Ryan. It's the German pronunciation. I-E is a long E, right? When you, Deem. when you start your country music career, there, <laughs> you are Ryan Denim. Denim. From yeah, this point right. forward. I could wear the uh, Canadian tuxedo, <laughs> lots of denim. <laughs> All right. Well, more information on the bowling event and how you can help out uh, pediatric cancer awareness and research, strike 
outcancerindy.com, taking donations anytime. And we always encourage you to share these posts, because if you can't make a monetary donation, maybe someone in your social media network can. So, share it, uh, post it, talk about it. And Mr. Ryan Deem, thank you so much for coming on the show to share your story and testimony with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. Welcome back to the show. Uh, my thanks again to Ryan Deem for his uh, work for pediatric cancer. We're joined now by Jay Baker, and we were talking earlier about January being Blood Health Awareness Month. What is it? It's National Blood Donor Month throughout January. And you might think, well, why would you select January? Apparently, according to the National Red Cross, blood donations drop off immediately after the winter holidays. Hmm. And this is something I had not thought about, but the Red Cross will do several blood drives. They've had trouble with winter weather this year and in years past, so they really need to raise the awareness to get out and donate blood because this is the time of year when uh, the need for blood remains at or about the same no matter what the weather is like. So they're urging everyone to go out during the month of January. And if you're healthy enough, you should, if you can, uh, actually donate blood. That's crazy interesting that this is the month when it drops off. Uh, you, you just, I would assume, maybe a month earlier it would drop off. After Thanksgiving, you're worried about uh, the Christmas winter break holiday coming up, your, maybe your, your winter break vacation. Uh, the last thing on my mind would be blood donation from December 1st through the end of the year. But you're saying the studies show yeah, January is the month. drops off. And a big part of that is the fact that people get into winter mode no matter where in the country you live. And you're just like, ah, why bother? And as I said, that need for blood never goes down. Apparently, the Red Cross needs to collect more than 13,000 donations every single day. And that keeps the blood supply ready and available to meet the needs of about 2,600 hospitals, clinics, and cancer centers across the country. And Ryan Deem talked about pediatric cancer. We don't stop to think that blood is used in medical research as well. So if you have an opportunity, an estimated 38% of the U.S. population is eligible to donate blood at any given time, but less than 10% of Americans actually do. And the Red Cross provides about 40% of the blood in the United States. So you know in many communities, there is a blood, oftentimes a, a blood center, mm -hmm. and then there will be the Red Cross. Both of those organizations usually can do blood donation. You can usually do it on site. Or you probably know that uh, many of the Red Cross and blood centers have a mobile vehicle, and they'll actually do a blood drive. Now, you talked about the company Vibonomics. I would think Vibonomics would be the perfect corporate environment to have a big blood center mobile pull up and start drawing blood because there's some people that work at Vibonomics that need to give. <laughs> You're right. I will look into that. Yes, I we need to have right. our own blood drive at Vibonomics. But if you think about it, without, uh, without sounding strange – Having a blood drive in your business environment might not be a bad idea. Actually challenge 
your coworkers to say January is an important month to give blood. That'd be a great corporate uh, team building event as well as corporate giving event for sure. Uh, one stat you threw out there that's um, I want to hit on because I know this affected uh, a friend of mine. Uh, you said that 38% of Americans are eligible to give blood? Yes, and that eligibility that, is based on good health. Yeah. You have to have a certain weight and a certain age range. Once you get o- older, you cannot donate blood. I had, uh, because initially, without knowing the end of my story here, I, I would think, wow, 38% is a kind of a low number that of the 300 million people in America, only 38% are eligible. Does that mean that 62% of Americans have bad blood or their blood isn't good enough to give? And that is not the case. Um, to be eligible to give blood, there are certain criteria of what is uh, your, your, your zinc levels, your, uh, your iron levels. And a friend of mine uh, was giving blood at a corporate event uh, through his work. And during the pre-test, uh, he was not eligible to give blood because his iron levels were like just a tick lower than they should have been. Right, And it sort of bummed him out. He was like all ready to give and he wanted to give back to the society and, and be a community effort kind of guy. And he was like a little bummed out that he wasn't able to help. Um, but it wasn't because he's unhealthy or right. had bad blood. It's that's not the issue. So if you're thinking, oh my gosh, 38% of us can give blood, what about the other, you know, 62% of us? Is that ter- are we unhealthy? No, you're not. Right. And there are some disqualifications, as you know. Another health concern has been for Americans who are over the age of 50, depending on lifestyle-oriented choices you might have made you might have been subjected to certain strains of hepatitis. And so they are urging citizens over the age of 50 to get a hepatitis screen from their family physician. And some forms of hepatitis would disqualify you from blood doning, blood donation. So yeah, you raise a great point. It makes it sound like uh, we're a bunch of sickly Americans, but there's an ideal range of age and vitality that they're looking for. So 38% of Americans, but I thought the figure that less than 10% of Americans actually give blood. Some of that might be superstitious, but it's really easy to donate blood. Presumably you have in the past, Adam. Mm-hmm. It, it is very easy. It and literally, you get a free cookie. Yeah, that's what I was getting <laughs> ready to say. Juice. <laughs> yes, you either get juice, cookie, or both. Or both. Uh, you know, I'm at a stage in my life where I'll do anything for a cookie. Other than jump off a building, yeah. but I'd jump off a short building for a cookie. So you see how that goes. <laughs> so yes, uh, it might be an interesting thing for you to go uh, to your coworkers and say, let's all give blood. Or if you happen to hear this, to spontaneously say to yourself, I believe that I'm in that range of people that can donate blood. And I really should because January really highlights the need in our country for blood. And January is a good month to start to think about it because year-round, this demand for blood never, ever, ever goes away. They're going to need 13,000 donations every single day from coast to coast to keep this going. That is an unbelievable number, 13,000 every day. Every single day. They need 13,000 units of blood because you're talking about 2,600 hospitals, clinics, and cancer centers. They'll, and you said it perfectly. They'll never have enough. And I feel like sometimes when I'm at work, 
I'll never get done with what I need to get done for the day. So whatever my to-do list is at work, it's going to carry over into the next day. So if they need 13,000 in one day and they only get 10,000, the next day they need 16,000. I mean, it just you you're never you're never getting ahead. So this is a great month to keep this awareness top of mind. Uh, January is um, Blood Donation Awareness Month. Uh, we encourage you to get involved through your own community, whether there is a blood center, um, whether there is a blood mobile, look into that. And if you're the operations manager at your company or your business, look into seeing how you can get uh, the, the blood mobile to appear at your corporate offices and make a corporate event out of it. Absolutely. You can Google uh, your local American Red Cross, Google National Blood Donor Month, uh, and find out more information on how you can get involved and help. Uh, I want to thank uh, my earlier guest today, Ryan Diem. What a fantastic conversation we had with Ryan. Six foot eight. He's a mountain of man, and he is a heck of a bowler, too. Can you imagine that guy bowling? That ball's going through the wall. I, I mean, it. it I feel so sorry for the pins at the end of the lane when six foot nine, three hundred pound Ryan Deem throws the ball down the lane, uh, supporting the pediatric cancer strike out cancer. And that uh, website again was strikeoutcancerindy.com. If you'd like to donate, even past the event, past this weekend, you can get involved and donate funds uh, through their website uh, because. I'm telling you, pediatric cancer touches all of us, and we applaud and uh, high-five Ryan Deem for uh, devoting part of his life with his wife, Julie, as well, uh, to pediatric cancer and the Peyton Manning Children's Hospital. I'm Adam Ritz. Thanks for joining us today. You can catch me on Twitter, at Adam Ritz, Instagram, at Adam Ritz Show, Facebook, at Adam Ritz Show. Uh, Jay Baker, as always, such a pleasure to have you on the broadcast. Can't hear what, what you have for us next week. Thank you very much, Adam. The Adam Ritz Show. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. If you have a show topic you'd like us to touch on, contact us through the adamritzshow.com website. You nailed it. That's the website. Is that? adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.